Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. It has been said... Change is what people do when they have no other options left. COVID has changed basically every aspect of life. How we shop, how we, where we work, how we work, how we socialize, what we spend money on, how we save money, how we invest. Sure, someday there is going to be a vaccine and life is going to normalize. It seems we're getting really close to putting the worst of COVID behind us. After we get through all these holidays and stuff like that. But hopefully we'll never see this again. But will life ever go back to the way that it was? Or has COVID left a deep imprint which will impact society at large well beyond the event? Tragedy tends to call things into question. And we look at the value of things differently. The value of higher education is surely under the microscope right now. So let's talk about higher education in this COVID world we live now and hopefully the post-COVID world to come in 2021. The traditional view in philosophy when we look at values is that these values and what we value are nothing more than abstract ideals. What we value are the things that we hold in high esteem or we hold in high regard. So how do we value higher education in this world we're living right now? It has been said that where people spend their time and where they spend their money will tell you what is important to them. We can use this maxim to analyze higher education right now. Also, we know when things go haywire in life, We tend to look back to gain a different perspective, to sort of reevaluate life and introspectively look at things that we previously accepted without question. Anybody who's had someone very close to them die in their life, they fully understand what happens when things kind of get turned upside down. And 2020 has been one of those years where things have truly been turned upside down. So let's look at this massive institution known as higher education. I want to preface this discussion that I have worked in higher education and academic publishing for about 25 years. I've worked in online traditional course content creation, textbook workbook creation, accreditation and compliance, academic advising and retention, instruction and assessment, and even management. I've held titles such as academic advisor, instructor, professor, dean, chief academic officer, vice president of student success, chief learning officer, just to name a few of these. I know higher education, and I know it has to change. Not because higher education wants to change, but because it literally has no choice. It is already starting to feel the pinch financially. Look, in this podcast, I don't want to get bogged down with an in-depth look at the cost, except beyond our analysis of value. I've talked in detail in prior podcasts about what is causing this astronomical price rise and, and what's really driving the cost. 
and just shortly, just briefly here, administrators hiring armies of administrators and support staff to support their administrative functions. That's real. If you don't believe me, research the increase of budgets. Every state college and university has to publish those things every year and see how much money is going to administrative roles versus teaching faculty. See how many full-time, full-benefit administrators and staffers are hired in a year versus the minuscule number of full-time faculty and the armies of thousands of adjunct faculty who basically work for a dollar a day and no benefits. It's obvious, it's blatant, it's over the top at some institutions. How convenient for these administrators to hire much more of their peers than, of course, in the end, there's never any money left for faculty in actual education. Now, for me, I don't even want to be a full-time faculty member. I don't want the meetings. I don't want the committees. I don't want the other stuff that goes along with full-time faculty jobs. For me, I prefer to teach, get paid, and leave. My time, to me, is more valuable than the the money they're willing to pay for full-time work. So I'm not complaining for me personally. I'm perfectly content being one of those thousands of part-time gun-for-hire, teach-when-there-are-classes-available type faculty. It works for me. It works for me. But for so many of the young faculty who are graduating with masters and in many cases doctoral degrees and they really want to break into teaching in higher education, they're trying to make their way. Uh, They don't just want the full-time jobs. They literally need that suite of benefits, insurance, etc. And for them, I surely feel their pain. So my rant's more for them than for me personally. But beyond just faculty expenses, hundreds of millions of dollars are spent by universities all across this country invested in posh, plush student housing. I mean, when I went to college, the student housing looked more like military barracks. Now they're like high-end apartment complexes. They invest in student centers, gymnasiums, sport complexes. And it's just a recipe for incredible costs. But this podcast isn't about HR hiring practices, the rampant hiring of administrators, almost always at higher salaries than the teaching faculty and full benefits versus the part-time contract labor of the teaching faculty and, and how the shift away from classroom instruction and instructors to the business of colleges everywhere or pet building projects that money's spent on. But rather what I want to talk about, the value of higher education and the perceived value from the perspective of the students, the parents, and then society at large that funds them and how they determine and how the value is determined in higher education. And then finally, how COVID has called into question how we should value the process of earning degrees and advanced degrees. If you're in college right now, considering college, graduating high school, or a parent staring down the barrel of a gun trying to figure out how in the world to help your kids get an education beyond high school without putting yourself in debt for the rest of your lives, I hope this gives you some insights. 
first of all, I don't see the most transformational change happening at the community college or the state college system. And when I, when I say state college system, I'm talking about community college or public institutions that only offer undergraduate degrees. As I think they're probably better situated for an event like COVID. Sure, the enrollments are suffering everywhere including community and state colleges, yet their core purpose is just a little bit different. And it doesn't, the value proposition is a, is a completely different thing than your big state universities. And so your community colleges and your state colleges, they tend to weather storms differently. You know, unless these state colleges just went crazy with building land acquisition and their footprint swelled from debt beyond sustainability, they're not the ones to worry about. The, the missions and the visions of your local community college. And for my from my perspective right here, I live in Tampa, Florida, and the largest community college here has about 30,000 students. And, you know, I've been teaching at this college about 12 years. And, and so it's probably tuned into the crisis for the long term better as it's set up differently than a university is set up. And this college, just to give you an idea, it's it's an urban, it's racially diverse, it's a multi-campus system. So it is a large system, but let's just talk what its mission and its vision is because this will kind of give you an idea of why when we talk about higher education, sometimes it all gets lumped into one big thing but they serve vastly different things. And so here's the, here's the mission statement of, of the college I teach. To transform lives by providing open access to an exceptional teaching and learning environment that inspires students to contribute to the local community and global society. And the vision statement, to promote a thriving community in which students achieve their full potential by providing access to an affordable an innovative, high-quality, lifelong education. Most community colleges or state colleges have very similar mission and vision statements. I think the key word here in all of this is affordable. So, for example, a humanities class that I teach in the state college system here in Florida costs about $300 for the class. But if they took that very same course, very same course code, very same learning outcomes, very same learning objectives, very same course description, uh, down the street at the University of South Florida here in Tampa, that very same exact course that gives the very same three credit hours would cost $900 to $1,000. More than three times as much for literally the identical credit that could go on the exact same transcript of any college in the state of Florida, except at the University of South Florida, You'd probably be in an auditorium with 300 students instead of a classroom where usually if I pre-COVID 30 to 40 students would be a normal class size. So this brings us to one of the biggest issues. See, COVID has called into question one of the central tenets of university life in American history. And the, the question is, what is the real value of college education? Humans, we do. We will pay more for a higher perceived value. We do this with cars. We do it with clothes, handbags, shoes. We do it with colleges. So in a pandemic world where we're at right now, our students 
and parents willing to go into debt at forty, sixty, or eighty thousand dollars from that university when in fact they're not at the university, they're in front of a computer screen. What are students actually paying for at big state university? This question is being asked frequently. Are students paying that much money for the education or are they paying that extra premium money for the college experience? COVID is starting to give us the answer. Students and yes, parents, they were paying for the college experience. They were not necessarily paying for the education at many of these colleges. So let me explain this further. This is why I make this distinction between the community or state college and the university. At the community college or state college, people are there to get in, get the credential, and get out. Usually, campus housing is limited, or in some cases, it doesn't even exist at all. Yes, there may be sports teams at your community college, but they don't hold near the sway. They're not attracting 50,000, 60,000 fans on a, on a Saturday to watch a football game. Uh, the on-campus amenities, they tend to be very limited. Yes, there's probably a coffee shop. There's probably a, a small cafeteria. But at the university, for many, it's, it's incredibly different. My state college has over 30,000 students. So does the University of St South Florida. But student amenities are night and day different. You can't even come close to comparing them. So the most value-added part of the university, it is not the professors, the credits, or the credentialing. It's the admissions in the marketing department. They've done just a fantastic job creating the illusion of the college experience. The value-add of college, those high-gloss brochures, state-of-the-art, Cutting-edge libraries, labs, students strolling the glassy knolls amidst the towering Gothic humanities buildings. You can almost feel the intellectualism. Then, of course, the high-tech student centers that have five-star restaurants, club med-style exercise facilities, and, oh, the student housing complexes that rival a Mediterranean resort. And then, of course the vaunted and powerful sports teams with traditions and camaraderie and memories that will be made. Oh, it makes 60,000 years seem like a bargain to be a part of the wonderful state university system. So what happens then when all those aspects of the college experience are stripped away, which is what is going on right now with COVID, social distancing, all the accompanying control mechanisms of states or counties or schools placed on the students and their bars and their off-campus activities strip away the experience and what is left is just the education. Just a student, their laptop, and a class. Just learning. Nothing but learning. And ultimately, the college credits and the credential then what what's the value of that big state university versus other alternatives students are already answering the question with their pocketbooks students are bolting from very expensive private colleges or expensive state institutions especially if they're paying out of state tuition 
in all but the most prestigious and most competitive universities is why would they pay money to a very expensive private university versus a cheaper, cheaper alternative when there's no college experience studying in their old high school bedroom with a computer. Without the college experience, students are not interested, except again for those most prestigious and most competitive. Because if people drop out of there, they have a waiting list backup they can put them in. Harvard, MIT, Yale, those big, huge names, but they're such a tiny handful of the thousands of universities across this country. And already what we're seeing is perhaps as many as 100 or more lawsuits have already been filed during that first lockdown uh, stage that we went through in the spring. And the lawsuits by the students filed on behalf of students in various forms basically say they were shortchanged when their in-person college experience was replaced by an online remote one as schools shut down due to the coronavirus pandemic. In, that, in the fall, hundreds of thousands simply didn't go back to college, and an alarming number of incoming fall freshmen just chose not to enroll at all. I can tell you even in my classes that I'm teaching online, I have a bunch of transplants from state universities that have decided that they would take classes at the local community college at a third of the price, and then when colleges open back up, they'll transfer those credits back out. So in the lawsuit, students are demanding a refund on tuition and fees equal to the difference between what they paid in advance and the instruction and educational services they actually received while on campus in the spring. So, and these enrollments at universities has dropped anywhere between 10 to 20% this fall alone. Some are faring better than others, of course, but in a COVID world where you can still earn credits and move towards the credential, which is the argument of the colleges in the lawsuit, students are, are just saying, nah, I'm good. I'm not paying for it. If I, if I don't get the college experience, I'm not paying you the same amount for an online course as I would have paid if I had the on-campus experience. You know, I'm an active options trader. And quite frankly, a stock or an options value is only worth as much as a person is willing to pay for it. The stock option is a derivative. It's, it, it has a perceived value that rises or falls based on the perception of how that underlying asset's going to move. Same thing with a house. You may love your house. You may say it's a wonderful home, the best home ever made. And for anyone lucky enough to live there, and you may ascribe a value of, oh, I don't know, $300,000 to the house. But guess what? If your highest offer when you go to sell it is $200,000, then guess your, what your value is. It's not your perceived value of three hundred; dollars it's two hundred. dollars And students right now are speaking out about what the value of the teaching and instruction and credential are worth at these big universities versus what they're willing to pay for the college experience. But let's go back to this lawsuit for just a second. If you Google COVID college lawsuits, you can, you can read many of the specific examples and you may have some in your state. But many of these schools that are being sued, they're not some low tier college. But with all due respect to someone who graduated from say, oh, University of North Carolina, if they got a degree instead, 
that said University of Florida, Michigan State, Arizona, University of Washington, University of California, do you suppose it would really impact a student's ability to get a job all that much? The answer is probably no. The education is pretty much going to be considered identical. I do not see people bolting from, say, MIT for a cheaper alternative, as that specific credential from MIT, even beyond the education, has a marketing and economic value. But that's not where the biggest change is going to hit, because that's those type of colleges are kind of the exception versus the rule. And kind of like in the NBA, there was a Michael Jordan, and then there were hundreds or thousands of others playing at the same time. I want to look talk about the the bulk of them. But what about a degree at a say a a very good private college, private university in Florida that costs let's say a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or a hundred and eighty thousand dollars for four years versus say a cheaper state college that you could get a degree for, you know, twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars total. If you take away the college experience from a huge number of the universities and the very expensive private colleges, the value proposition changes immediately. So what is probably going to happen very shortly is the less known and the less financially strong private colleges and possibly some of the publics, they're in danger. And if they're not incredibly strong financially, they may, may become insolvent and, and especially closing their doors on the private, co- a very expensive private college experience. So when we strip away that college experience from the credential, we tend to view cost very differently. It's a pretty common fact that college degree has economic value to advance a career in many fields. But the price Americans are willing to pay for college, it's not a perfect linear idea which we're finding out you know this idea of i go to college to get a degree to get a job because if that was the case we wouldn't have private colleges that are charging 60 to 80 thousand dollars a year the amenities on very expensive colleges they're like i mentioned they're rivaling five-star resorts as if it was just about the education students would always every time Choose the most economical option that delivers a quality education as that would be what would yield the the best expected outcome at the most cost efficient price. Yet that hasn't happened. For sure, this pandemic is going to pass. People are going to emerge in mass eventually. My gut tells me two things that seem almost opposite, but these two trends are going to happen in higher education. First of all, college Without the college experience seems insufficient for millions of students. And even what parents want for their children. Many many parents want their kids to live that college lifestyle. Let's face it, much of the college, the university experience was always an excuse to justify that lifestyle and was more concerned with things outside of the classroom than things inside of the classroom. 
America is deeply committed to the dream of attending college and what college life is all about. And sadly, it's far less interested in the technical education for which students supposedly attend. Of course, students go, go to college to learn. Sure, students get exposed to some wonderful faculty, some average faculty and sometimes poor faculty. It happens. Colleges hold classes. They host majors. They award degrees. You know, getting, getting a college degree is one of the only paths to middle class life for many. And training graduates for a particular career, and, and on average, they're going to earn more than those who don't go to college. This is an obvious true statement. But the education is only a small part of many colleges' purpose. In the United States, higher education, it still offers this fantasy for how kids should grow up. Being part of some rarefied place, whether that's real or whether it's just perceived in the marketing, which at the same time, it puts the college student in this type of a safe cocoon. And it facilitates all kinds of things from partying and self-discovery. And out of all this stuff, an adult emerges, this process of college not just the result of earning a degree so you can get a job. It, it offers access to opportunity, camaraderie, mat, even matrimony in many ways, uh, partying, drinking, sex, clubs, fraternities, these rites of passage. They've kind of become an American birthright for many. And many are paying huge sums of money for the dream of higher education. Students find value in the experience. Now, if going to an average state college costs, say, $40,000, an expensive private college costs $150,000, the value of that college experience is 75% more expensive than the academic learning itself. As the price tag to get the picture-perfect college, bro college brochure education versus the community college or state college is double to triple the cost. And yes, I know every graduate says, well, my college was ranked in the top five in the educational value in this major or that major or the other major. But I don't mean to burst anybody's bubble. It's good to be proud of your, your university. But the reality is the job that you got probably wasn't, you didn't get it because college degree said big state university versus mid state university it just that's not what it was an objective look at what students are willing to pay for college though it does tell you the college experience is incredibly valuable to students and the lawsuits by students believing they shouldn't pay the same tuition online versus face to face says Basically, what your students are saying is this college isn't worth $150,000 if I'm just going to learn at home on the computer. They're basically telling all of us that college is not just about the college credit because when they went home after being released from COVID, they literally earned the same credit hours at the end of the day than they would have earned if they were on campus. But they lost the college experience, so thus... They believe that the education is not as valuable. I know I get it. The lawsuits may say, well, I don't get the same education online. But 
if we're honest, the transference of knowledge on any given topic is pretty equivalent online versus face-to-face. -face. Of course, the learning environment online isn't as dynamic, but the same knowledge transfer occurs online and the same credits are awarded towards a degree. So these lawsuits are not really about a failure to deliver education. It's about not being able to have the college experience, which students pay a very high premium. What the lawsuit's really saying is I'm not paying you for a college experience. I, I'm not paying you for a college experience I was promised when I can't have the college experience. My guess is in many, many students post-pandemic who can afford it will once again re-engage with the college experience. It's not that all the colleges are going to disappear. It's just not going to happen. It's literally been ingrained in the American psyche as a rite of passage for millions and millions and it's been built up to what it is today for probably 150 years. There are many very proud alumni of many big state universities that really truly want their kids to have that full, wonderful college experience that they went through because they look back on it with fondness. They probably, in all honesty, don't look back and say, boy, they were taught their humanities. I remember so well, I learned so much in my humanities or my my college algebra or my intro to chemistry or my intro to psych. That isn't, that isn't why parents want their kids to have that same type of college experience. It's all the other stuff. Now, many can afford this college experience. And so you've got that group and the, and many will literally mortgage their future in student loan debt to get that big university college experience. So I see the campus experience existing in the future after COVID, but I believe it's going to lose more value. And I think ultimately, sadly, the high-end university, the private colleges, the, the very expensive private colleges, they're going to be filled with three different types of people. Number one, the wealthy. They can send their kids there, pay the bills, and it's no big deal. So there are going to be rich people there. There's going to be, number two, highly intellectual, very intellectually promising students who are there on scholarship. And they'll be able to go to these high-end college experience type universities. And then number three, sadly, the incredibly naive and the propaganda swayed poor people who are willing to take on insane amounts of debt just for the college experience. For those contemplating taking on massive student loan debt for the college experience, I say run, run, run away. Don't do it. Whenever the opportunity presents itself, I tell my students, stay away from student loan debt. Your entire life is worth much more than the college experience at the big state university or the elite private college. And so to them, I say for four years, just find a place that you can get your education without the college experience. Save the tens of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. And in the long run, you'll be a thousand times happier. So yes, the university, the college experience, that's going to continue post-COVID, but the other trend that's going to grow even more rapidly and more quickly due to COVID is this, this idea 
as these cost balloons, the second trend is one where students will seek fast, cheap, effective training. There's little to no college experience cost built into these trainings. And so thus they don't cost as much. And I see them beginning to evolve already into partnerships with big name companies. Through online education and remote learning, I see the delivery scope reach of major universities like MIT partnering partnering with, say, Google, for example, to deliver courses. Or maybe Tesla partnering with Microsoft and 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 an engineering and engineering schools, or maybe in the arts, Harvard or Yale or Princeton delivering online programs. There'll be some sort of online fully or maybe even a hybrid where they meet once a semester or maybe extended weekends every once in a while or maybe once a week or once a month, depending on the facilities and the arrangement. You know, this is already going on now, but it's really still in its infancy. Cornell, MIT, Harvard, they've always had their distance learning divisions. They've existed for a very long time. But what we're starting to see is the role and the scope and the outreach of brand name universities beginning to increase. And this increases because on the opposite extreme of that college experience, there are more and more people who want nothing but value, education, zero college experience. They want that branded credential. They want that name, that big name university on the credential and they want the education and they want nothing else. This is powerful and it's probably going to grow very quickly. At the university level, quality brand name programs delivering at scale will be the future. Right now, trying to get into Harvard or get into Yale or get into Princeton, it is, I mean, it's, I hate to say it, it's absurd what they go through there. To interviews for corporate CEOs, are less intimidating than some of the application processes at these at these very elite restrictive universities but through the ability of technology to deliver at scale from a distance these big names are going to be able to expand greater and greater and it's a it's a huge cultural shift but the reality is they'll be it's going to keep growing because at some point that theoretical value of the college experience, it's simply unsustainable as the ability for people to pay more and more get and it, and the cost gets further and further out of reach. Once this happens in a large enough amount, then the value of the college experience is going to be replaced with just getting the education, getting the credential, getting the diploma, getting the degree. Many students are already there right now. COVID has just advanced a trend quicker than would have otherwise happened. But the question is, is one of these better for society than the other? This is incredibly debatable. There is huge value in the college experience. I don't want to say there's not. I loved my college experience. I probably poured... I probably uh, did a little too much partaking of the college experience. You know, the, this idea of growing up, socializing, learning about yourself, studying all kinds of topics and probing and 
searching for your career purpose. And yes, the partying, the screwing up, the relationships, they're, they're all part of it. Not having this at all, what happens? It's hard to say. On the other hand of that, crippling student loan debt is just enslaving younger generations so much so that they can't even buy a home or they worry about getting married and they delay having kids for fear of just being buried alive in bills. And this is not good for society at large at all. Concurrently, though, a focus on education only through the impersonal fully online or maybe a hybrid model, it does return education to the center of things because you've removed all that college experience stuff. But is, yet, but is it the same thing? Can the same depth be achieved? You know, having taught online, hybrid and traditional classroom, I have to say delivering efficiently online content isn't the same as the dynamics of a classroom. Nothing matches that personal connection. But I can teach the same stuff online, of course. But do students learn those skills of things like listening, discussing, interacting, using interpersonal skills, analyzing the same when you're in a classroom together versus, say, online? I would say no, online just can't match that. In the end, your kid's education, my education, your education... It always ends up in our own hands. I tell my students they're going to get whatever they want out of my classes. They can stay on the surface, cruise through, get a C, mark it off your degree checklist, and move on. I mean, you can do that if you want to. I did that, sadly, in many, many classes over my life. Or they can push. They can challenge. They can go beyond. And then they can get untold value from the course. It's only limited by their how hard they work and their own curiosity to to keep acquiring more knowledge. The same applies to an entire degree program. It's only as effective as the time and energy that's invested. Sort of like a gym membership. You know, you could join the most hardcore powerhouse gym, Gold's Gym. At, and But if you just show up there and quit the second you start to feel a little pain on your first set, or you start to feel a bead of sweat running down your forehead and you're like, oh no, that's enough. I mean, no matter how, no matter the potential you have from the facilities and the equipment and the trainers and the atmosphere, you're not going to get stronger, bigger, or accomplish whatever health goals you have because you, you didn't put forth the effort. Energy, effort, attitude, they're still the greatest prerequisites to college success. And that that's not ever going to change pre-COVID, post-COVID, pre-graduation, post-graduation, online, traditional. We, we're going to make of it what we will. But one thing is certain, though. The traditional college model, it is changing, and it's changing rapidly whether we want it to change or not. So what is the true value of education as we get close to closing this out? What is the true value? In the end, each person has to decide individually the value of that of that college experience versus the actual education itself. Both of those things, the college experience and the education, they both matter. But it depends on the students. It depends on the students' goals. It depends on their financial situation. And it also 
depends on their mindset to determine what is the best path that's out there. When a student considers where they study, what they study, and what their goals are, a very important question then is how important is that college experience? Is the time and the money worth the institution in question? We have to slow down and consider this and not just thumb through glossy brochures because this question is being challenged and it's being critiqued right now due to COVID. And it will be interesting to see what the final verdict will be as this pandemic winds down and we re reset and we re-engage re in all aspects of society. But for those of you going through that process of determining where you should go to college, you have to consider the value of that education. Is it the college experience or is it just getting the degree and going on? Because that is a very important question and it should drive your decision making on what type of institution, what type of delivery method you should pursue. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. College education, it's never easy. And in the age of COVID-19, there's going to be some revolutionary change in the system. We all need to be aware, especially those of you in college or getting ready to begin college, or even parents concerned about their child's education in the future. It's a life-changing choice, a game-changing decision where to go to college. So if you have any questions, post them in and I'll respond to them. But remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So if you click like or follow, you're, you will be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful day.